is for the Love of Two Hippies podcast, and I'm Sarah, the mystic, and I got Katie here with me, the yogi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. (laughs) We are a um, podcast where we talk about all things spiritual, metaphysical, um, weird, kooky, whatever we want to talk about, and today our topic is um, spirit guides and how to connect with them. Are they real? Different types? Because we just did an episode on archetypes and we felt like this was pretty similar. So we wanted to dive into this next. So if you're new here, we start with every episode. We start every episode with an affirmation and we're glad that you're here and we hope that you enjoy the episode. If you're a returner, what, what, what up? (laughs) Okay. So our uh, affirmation is, I recognize and honor the light inside of me and all around me. Okay, so Katie, what is a spirit guide? Okay, so I think a lot of people normally hear this word and they think like it's, you know, just we use our intuition and that's supposed to be enough. So instead, what we do with our spirit guides are these possibly like entities, sort of, that are chosen by us or for us either at birth or even after or at any point in our life whenever we might need some extra guidance which for me is like all the time because why wouldn't I need more guidance and um, so they kind of help to aid in our spiritual growth and transformation and all that goodness yeah right Um, Is there a spirit guide that you are connected to or work with? I think we talked about this a little bit in the last one, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or we did it, I don't know. It might have been in the book club or something else. But um, somebody that as a whole, like my whole family connects to is Freya. So Freya is a Norse mythology, mythological god, goddess. Um, And I don't think I always connected with her, but the more I learn about her the more I do connect with her. She's the goddess of like sexuality and love. And she even, yeah, she even, yeah, exactly. She has a big role in war and, um, which I know kind of sounds a little weird to say that that's like somebody that you connect with. But she is like the main leader of it is what I've read. Like she was the one who makes like the final decisions and different things like that. So yeah. So what about you? Who do you connect with? Do you have, I know. Um, that- I don't know. I've been told, and we'll talk about this a little later. I've been told that my archangel is Raphael, which is the healer. And um, he's like animals and nurturing and healing. And so he's my, he's a person that I talk to, but I use archangels a little bit, the main archangels for different things. So I'll call them in for different at different times mm-hmm. and then um spirit guide wise with like gods and goddesses i don't currently work with any of them because i i definitely associate with freya and the morrigan which is more um celtic tradition mm-hmm. and she's pretty disruptive so you <laughs> i haven't fully committed to her because it's more of like she has to commit to you mm-hmm. and um i haven't dove into there's so many which is why i think this is a good episode to do because there's so many and you kind of want to do the research unless you meditate and somebody comes to you. So um, is there a part 
do we talk about how to connect with them yes. later on? Yeah. Okay. So I won't dive into that now, but, um, and also another spirit guide that I talk to, I think the most currently is just my higher self. Mm-hmm. So like just your higher self and trying to connect with that person. Yeah. And I want to touch on that for a minute because you had posted something within the subconscious mind mastery podcast group. And I'm not going to say what you posted because I don't know, you know, if you want it out there, but, um, one of the comments from Thomas, who is the, he wrote me like a mini novel. I was like so excited. I was was so excited (laughs) reading that. And he definitely touched on your higher self versus Mm -hmm. your lower self. And if you want to, we should do an episode on that because it actually was a pretty interesting thing to think about. It really was. So um, we'll just briefly touch on it here. But what basically he said was, if you want to sit with your lower self to really commit to sitting with that lower self. And yeah. if that's where you feel like you are, I mean, Thomas said it, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. It gave me a little bit of like a pit in my stomach where I was like, please don't yeah. choose the lower self. Don't choose the lower self. But um, well, for me, the lower self would be me not focusing on my jewelry so much and stepping back and just focusing on me. Like that's what the lower self felt like for me. Okay. Because, and that's kind of what I'm stepping into right now. Cause I'm not doing events for a, a, a while. Like mm-hmm. probably I'm taking semi a month off of just doing outdoor events, like all the time. Yeah. And I'm focusing on just me without that. I not that identity because I'm still working towards a goal, but I'm stepping back to where my focus isn't the selling. It's the getting back to the creation, creation. aspect of it. Yeah. And so my higher self or like, the forward self would be me being a fully functioning business with my jewelry and like with my creations. And so that's how I read it. I didn't read it as like stopping everything else. It's Mm -hmm. more of like getting back to the roots of like where we started with everything and revamping it and making sure that it's like fully functioning again. Mm -hmm. See, I love that because you used your intuition with that. Like that was just like you, you had to feel that because what I, I mean, the way that I took it was a little bit different. But yeah. obviously it wasn't a message for me. So yeah. <laughs> it was definitely one of those things where I read it and I was like, okay, like it's just a fascinating concept. So if you want to really commit to focusing on the higher self to really commit to that and go yeah. for like, you know, we're currently reading The Alchemist right now and it talks about so much of your personal legend and what yeah, that is. Which is funny that it's all like coming together once again. It always does that. Yeah. So whatever your personal legend is, I feel like is more associated with your higher self. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Like your soul, like your soul path, your soul work. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, I did think it was interesting when he said that um, because you can kind of, you don't have to commit to it for like a year, but mm-hmm. maybe commit to it for two straight months. And that's all you do is yeah. just do that. And so that's what I was wanting to do with my jewelry. Like I'm going to be lacking in money potentially because I'm not doing vending events, but also energetically, like my energy is going to be so high. And I think it'll lead me into where I'm supposed to be. Like, sometimes you have to step back to gain, to make progress, Yeah, which seems like a weird statement, but you do. Sometimes you have to back up and reset and revamp and have that time for creation and not just make it like, do you love the art of making or do you love the art of selling it? And it's like, well, I love selling it, but I also Right. really want to make some new things and have a ton of ideas and I have to have that space for those ideas. Right. 
So, and that's something that our that our spirit guides can help us with with the yeah. aspects of teaching us more about life with maybe oh the warning where you kind of have that moment of you know I'm feeling a little high anxiety about this and I'm not really sure why and potentially that could be your spirit guy looking at you and going, hey, take a step back a little bit and let's try to refocus. Let's try to see where we're going. What's your personal legend? What are you working on? What sets your soul on fire? Um, The other thing, you know, that spirit guides really work with us on is like support and comfort and just kind of reminding us that we're exactly where we are supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and, and just working in that space. Uh, and then also kind of revealing things that we need to learn about ourselves in order to grow. So I briefly talked about Freya and I felt a little strange talking about it out in the open because she is somebody who is a goddess of sexuality. And for Mm -hmm. a very long time, just completely authentic here, that has been a difficult thing for me because I was so seated in religion and how that affected my body and how Mm -hmm. it made a lot of things feel wrong and if you have been in religion I know I know we have we have another um, one of our podcast listeners and also she was in book club Um, but I know she will get this that you know a lot of times we're taught that our bodies are specifically for men to (laughs) do what they want to do and so as women sometimes we don't have the kind of um ability necessarily to say this is what I want and this is what I need and in those moments and so for me Freya as a spirit guide has been a goddess that has shown me that it's okay to ask for what you want that it's okay to say this is what I need right now either out of the bedroom or in it, you know, and it it all translates to, you know, the real world as well. Yeah. So. And I think that's important because it can kind of give you a little courage when you're working with somebody. For sure. When you're working with a spirit guide, like maybe you're working with in different types of spirit guides. It can be like, which just that person's energy is what you can connect to right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So. So have we talked about, okay, so a spirit guide is just a universal force that's here to help us. It can appear as an angel, an animal, a mythical creature. It can be your ancestors, which is really important, Mm -hmm. Um, an ancient god or goddess or otherworldly entity or interdimensional being. So it talks about spirit guides or um, archetypal forces who aspect the life to teach, warn, support, comfort, or remind and reveal things to help us grow along our path. Mm-hmm. So, do they actually exist? <laughs> I think this is this probably is like the a very like the per- question. Yeah, it's. I think it, exactly. It's just a personal question. I think that we have to kind of go within with that one. And if you right now are at a point where you're like, I don't believe that exists, then that's totally okay. Uh, yeah. For where I am in my life, I do feel like I have spirit guides. And I do think yeah. that for my own personal opinion is that we all have spirit guides. Um, we just Which can even be like a guardian angel. Yeah. Yeah. Like an ancestor that watches over you that, you know, it can even be something as simple as that. Like mm-hmm. some people, it's their ancestors that are helping them, which is amazing. Yeah. That connection. Um, 
and for me, it's that same question because I do crystal intention jewelry. Are the crystals really magical? Well, I don't know. They're rocks in the ground. Is a tree magical? I think so. Are tr- like, you know, I can look at a, a waterfall. Is that magical? I think so. I think it has magical properties just because it's magnificent. But um, I relate it to the question that's a little bit more normal is, do you have a favorite pen that you use? So if you're going to write something down, you have some really exciting news. Do you have a, a favorite pen that inspires you or gives you good energy or good juju? Um, do you have a favorite coffee mug? Like for me, if I'm going to make something, if I'm going to do a creation day, there are certain mugs that I get different energy from mm-hmm. and I will use that mug that day because it's giving me a little bit of like a little bit of umph, a little bit of courage, a little bit of right. excitement. So it's like, is that mug magical? No. Is Are those pins magic? No. But it's the intention that I put behind it that creates the magic because I'm putting the magic into that item and I'm using that as my kind of like a talisman of creation. So are bracelets and spirit guides, are those things true or not? Well, I don't think, I think it's all about having faith in whatever you believe in. And if it's not your time to have that, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. So there are major guides and there are minor guides. So our major guides are the guides that are with us from before birth all the way to the end basically. And then our minor guides are more like temporary. So um, I don't know that Freya has always been with me, obviously, but I do think that right now, based on where I'm at, that she's very much like sitting there on my shoulder and she's kind of like, you know, like the, the movie scenes where they have one here and one on the other shoulder (laughs) and they're like talking to you. Um, But I like, that's how kind of I envision Freya where sometimes she's like, girl, use that damn voice. Like, don't, You, you got to work it. You got to use that voice a little bit and let people know what's important to you and, and your boundaries and, you know. That's awesome. All that. And I think a major guide for me is my higher self, like the future self, like that person. And then also um, just I kind of do ancestral work, but maybe like a guardian angel. So I think my great grandma, even though she didn't pass she hadn't passed when I was born. Mm -hmm. I think she is always there because every time I get a reading, she pops in. And my mom told that story about, um, what did she tell the story about my great grandma? What was it? I forgot. Oh, oh, the song. It was like a song that she was, she she knew she she was, my mom was in a a bad relationship and she was kind of preying on it. And then she went outside or went in the car and then this song came on and it was just like, it was speaking to her through song. Yeah. Like through the radio. And we think it was my great grandma telling her. And um, that's because that's also how I get messages is through the radio or through songs. And I was like, well, maybe that's how great grandma talks to us. Mm -hmm. So minor guides, I think are ones that will help you over um, maybe, maybe help you through times of like change, times of transition. Um, those will always change. But then also I think spirit guide or the major guides are maybe spirit animals that you've always been drawn to. Like yeah. I've always liked turtles and lions. And so those are kind of my spirit guide energy. And for yours, it's owls. Mm-hmm. And then I think those can also change. Yeah. Yeah. And ele- for me, the elephant is is fairly new. When I started studying yoga and got more into that it was definitely Ganesha is one of the ones that I kind of really kind of connected to she's very Mm -hmm. much a um 
you know, the, the, she's a deity within Hindu religion. She's an elephant headed deity that appears to you. You'll learn the value of generosity, wisdom, and clarity is what Ganesh stands for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So let's chat about the seven types of spirit guides. And I think truthfully, there probably is more than seven. These are just kind of the this main is just ones a start. yeah that yeah. we're going to kind of go over so this one talks about a trans species so half man or half woman half beast and oftentimes like Ganesha is an Indian god um, with elephant headed uh, then you know we have Ra which is like a falcon head with a human body uh, Anubis was one of the Egyptian gods which um I don't, when we go to the art museum here in our area, my kids mm-hmm. are so attracted to that area with the oh, really? Egyptian gods. I don't know why, but my oldest is always like, that one, that one, I like that one. And, and it's always King raw. Tut's coming through. Newest. I know that. Is it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. We'll definitely sure. have to go see that. Yeah. Um. So then we have animals and totems. So we've talked a lot about spirit animals uh using those for you know like randomly when you're driving down the road and it's like i had the situation where it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and a fox ran down a really busy street and i was like cool i'm supposed to know something from that yeah <laughs> you know like it's, it's like, not just like seeing a squirrel like every time oh my gosh i see a squirrel there's a message it's like no it's like when you see an animal that's outside of its normal character so like a yeah. raccoon during the day a mm-hmm. fox during the day um an owl during the day um, yeah, different things like that. There was a hurt coyote that ran down my very busy street the other morning and it was like, I don't know, 9am. And it just kind of like trotted right in front of my house. And I live on a busy street in yeah. this, you know, and so it was one of those where I was like, Oh, I gotta look that up, you know, so. So it says spirit animals can come to represent and reflect a person's inner yearnings, passions, instincts and needs. Um, moving from a group of personal and individual use um like during your life and i think i it's just funny how you're like drawn to certain things and you don't really know why but then when you look it up you're like oh that's interesting um and it, it is it's funny how everyone has their own thing um another section would be light beings also known as guardian angels um or would you hold on okay so i would I would put for light beings in this one also as archangels. Don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned earlier, like archangels, there's like the main ones. There's um, Gabriel, Metatron, um, Raphael, Michael, and Uriel. Those are like usually the main five that people know about. But um, a good way to kind of connect is I have an archangel oracle deck. You can also get like a totem animal spirit card oracle deck mm-hmm. and you can also get one that's an ascended master oracle deck or i have like a goddess oracle deck so mm-hmm. you can connect with you can get those different types of like decks or oracle cards and kind of like mix it up and match around so you can just learn more about them because there are so many so you can kind of research them and get to know them and then the ones that you're drawn to you can progress from there mm-hmm. so like for Archangel Raphael, that's what I use for healing and making sure my body is like, I call him in for health and if I'm feeling a certain way. But then Archangel Michael, I use him for cord cutting and strength and protection. So if I'm going somewhere where I know that 
energetically I'm going to need to be protected, I call in Archangel Michael and ask him to be with me um, during this time. Or at the end of the day, I ask him during like a cord cutting thing, like before I go to bed, I'll say like, please like, can, like, un, like cut the cords from the people energetically that aren't towards my highest good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a meditation one time. And I asked before I started the meditation for them to show me uh, the name of one of my angels. Um, and it's yeah. an angel that I had never heard of. It was one of those things that just kind of randomly popped into my head when I was in the middle of a meditation. And mm-hmm. the really interesting part about that was, and and sometimes when you're doing those things, you almost kind of feel like a crazy person a little bit, <laughs> or at least I did, where it yeah. was like, okay, well, you know, like this random name popped into my head, not a name I had ever heard of. Uh, and that same day, my husband and I went to this store a little bit further away from the house and we, he, my husband wanted incense. And so for, for his altar specifically. And so while we were there, I came across an incense that was named the same as the angel that I was shown in my meditation. So obviously I bought it. (laughs) What is the name? I can't remember. It's, it's way up there. I gotta oh. grab it. <laughs> Hold on. You talk. I'll be right. Okay. So while she grabs that, the next section section is ancestors. So um it's good if you take like people throughout your history your like ancestral history and you can make an altarpiece of different lineage of your family. So I have a piece of um cork board that I that I kind of connect pictures to on that and it sets next to my altar. And that's me like I mostly, I call on them a little bit, but I use it more for healing. So I try to heal that energetic cord because once you get older, it's that weird, it's that weird thing where you learn of the trauma that your family has been taught generationally. And you learn how like, oh, my great, great, great grandpa was a terrible man and he was horrible. And then he treated my grandma that way, which led to the next generation kind of teaching and living that relationship way and it's like okay well let's heal those and let's not do that but then you also learn like my great great grandma um she was obsessed with plants and she had like over 300 african violets in her house and so that's when i am messing around with my plants i'm talking to her and asking her to come in and and be with the plants with me and and connecting with her in that way so Mm -hmm. okay she's back what is it called okay so this one's actually called arctic and i think that whenever i was um it it was like a whole thing like there was an arctic and then there was like a another name after that and i Uh can't remember what it was but anyway when i found this at the place i had smelled it and it had smelled exactly like my grandparents. And I felt like that oh, yeah. was the message. Yeah. You know, huh. like that's who it just took me a hot minute to remember. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny that you mentioned that because speaking of ancestors, after my grandpa passed, sometimes I'll smell. Um, he always used the black chapstick. Mm-hmm. It has it's an original. It, it has a very certain it has a very distinct scent. And sometimes when I would be whatever I would smell that chapstick and I knew that it was like him being there with me so ancestors you can kind of connect in different ways if you do it during a meditation or during your altar space or kind of like those familiar reminders of that person during like that time Mm -hmm. next one speaking of plants is plants (laughs) so there's um this talks about more um psychedelic plants Mm -hmm. so ayahuasca 
um, is a psychoactive brew that's made um, from a vine from Peru. And it's a part, it has like DMT in it, which is the thing that's the hallucinogenic. Mm -hmm. And it said that, which I can't find this, I've tried to look it up, but it, it said that um, this DMT is what people in the Bible, like the burning bush, mm -hmm. and they said that they would see angels and talk to guides and different things like that and talk to God. And it was, was mentioning the burning bush. They think that it was this. Yeah. They think that it was actually like DMT and ayahuasca. And those are DMT is an ayahuasca. So if you're like a psychedelic professional, you can correct me because I've not done like extensive research on all of it. But so I'm probably like mentioning this wrong, but they thought that that was like kind of the hallucinogenic that allowed them to speak with like the angels when they'd see the deities and stuff. And then also fun fact about DMT is it's created naturally in your body. So you can actually get to it through um, meditation or when you were born, you have a flush of DMT come into your system. Mm -hmm. And then when you die, you have a flush of DMT come into your system. So when people start seeing like when they're about to pass and they start seeing like the light or people ancestors. or ancestors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then that's like that flood of DMT that's coming in to make that experience um, not so scary, maybe. Yeah. And I do, I think I, that people actually do see that. Like, I, yeah, I think it's for sure our spirit There's guides, so our many ancestors. Cases that you kind of like can't deny that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, also I think I connect with plants, not in a psychedelic way. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's like, plants um i don't know if i like ask them questions but and it's like bloom if i'm gonna make a million dollars and it's like still not blooming like what the hell no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um but i think it gives you a different connection with nature and maybe that nature is your spirit guide not necessarily like your house plants yeah okay the next one we kind of talked about a little bit but that was gods and goddesses so regardless of kind of your own personal belief um, because, yeah. you know, I grew up in religion. I still believe in God. I believe in spirit guides. I believe in the power of crystals. I believe in the power of Reiki. I believe, in, you know, all of those things, right? So you can believe in a whole plethora of things and still believe that, you know, there is one true God, if that's your choice. Um, yeah. But, you know, gods and goddesses have existed across every single culture, every tradition, every single religion. And so... You know, when when we do talk about Freya being a goddess, um, it's, it's definitely somebody that I obviously connect to. So, yeah. And if you kind of don't know where to start, you can kind of look at your lineage and kind of start with those gods and goddesses. Like I'm um, from Celtic religion. So I looked up kind of like Celtic gods and goddesses. And I've also always been connected to like Greek mythology and Norse gods. So there's the Greek gods and goddesses. There's the Norse gods and goddesses, there's the Celtic gods and goddesses. And then also um, just, I think most of us are from just like Egypt. Like I think a lot of us started in Egypt potentially and everyone kind of like sp spanned out from there. But besides that, whether that's true or not, um, just the magic of Egyptian culture is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. And I think they were way above their time and i think there's a lot of magic and mysticism there so i think that's why a lot of people are drawn to um those but when i worked at a company there was a lot of people from india there and it was so awesome listening to them celebrate all of their gods and goddesses mm -hmm. and it was it was so 
amazing to just hear them talk about it and do their talk about their celebrations and why they do it. And um, they have so many, like there's like 200 gods and gods. And that's what I was going to say too. I, when I got started with yoga and then I started to do more things with meditation and, and all of that, I, you know, one of the things that you had gotten me as a gift was the um, Buddha wisdom Shakti power uh, deck, the tarot or Oracle deck. Um, And so I used that a ton in my first year or two of really studying yoga. And it was just one of those things that made me feel closer to what I was doing and the goal that I had uh, outside of just being a yoga teacher. I wanted to really try to immerse myself within that culture in order to understand the full extent of what yoga is supposed to be outside of just an exercise. It's more of a spiritual type of experience and that's what I wanted. And that's, that continues to be the way that I practice yoga. So that's cool. Um, and then, so talk about the Ascended Masters, because you'd briefly okay, so touched about on that before. Ascended Masters is kind of like a catch-all thing, I think. So it's more of people that um, were potentially here on Earth and have now passed over, and they were maybe sent here to give a message. So if you've read um, The Alchemist, Melchizedek is mentioned here. Mm-hmm. So, and he's talked about in the book, but some more recent ones, um, my spirit mentor, mother, whatever you want to call her, um, Indira, she has been on the podcast before one of her ascended masters and a lot of people's is actually John Lennon. So that's like a person who was alive, like not during our time, but he, during the past like hundred years mm-hmm. and he um, with his like enlightenment, he was here to like bring a message. And then when he passed over, he connects to people um, in different ways. So um, some other examples are um, Kranesh, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Okay. I knew mm. that was wrong. Um, Jesus is one um, Confucius, Melchizedek, uh, Mary, mother of Jesus, um, Buddha. And then some other ones are, um, Oh my gosh, I literally just had it in my head. Oh, Mary Magdalene. That's mm-hmm. another major one that people use. And so it's maybe potentially people that aren't like ancient gods and goddesses, but people that um, are enlightened beings, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. So um, it's actually pretty interesting. And they've lived on earth, gone through the spiritual awakening and become more enlightened, awakened or have transcended the cycle of reincarnation. Ascended masters represent the ultimate teachers and the gateways to the divine. It's said that ascended masters are spirit guides or teach all people who call on them, not just you to achieve greater wholeness and harmony in life. So, yeah, uh, I think it's just, I don't know, maybe they come to you in like dreams. You can channel them. I know, um, there's another uh, white buffalo um, woman who's an ascended master, and I, her name's White Buffalo something, and she's a Native American goddess. Goddess, and she um, she speaks to a lot of people that I am close with as well. So it can either it can even be something like that. So there are a few ways to connect with your spirit guides. Um, the first one is scrying. Do you know what that is? I do. Yeah, so, so scrying's pretty cool. It is cool. I've never been able to do it. I I would like to, but I 
tr- in, in all honesty, it scares me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, I bet that kind of freaks you out. Yeah. So it's this practice of kind of gazing into these reflective surfaces like water or a mirror or a crystal ball to receive information. Yeah. Um, so it, the point kind of is to get you in touch with your intuition, with your unconscious mind yeah. uh, to really kind of reach the things that are locked deep inside there yeah which to be honest that's why it scares me (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it says if you're a visual based person one can receive messages insight through pictures so you can kind of see like some people say that they their eyes transform or they see so i i was introduced to scrying as um like during a paranormal investigation that i was watching and they would scry and they would see like entities or ghosts like behind them Mm -hmm. in the mirror or they would see their face like change no thank you you yeah (laughs) but but a lot of people use it as a meditation just as like to get in like that trance state Mm -hmm. so if you are not really the greatest at just sitting closing your eyes during meditation you can stare at a candle um with a reflective thing in the back and then you're looking through that mirror to kind of get you're looking at the flame but not looking at the flame to kind of like offset your brain so Mm -hmm. your brain's doing something so you can kind of like desensitize that unconscious mind and access it yeah and i was just going to mention there as you were saying that i had this thought in my head i was just reading this thing about um increasing your intuition going really deep into the third eye chakra and so there was they were talking about using fire in order to do that so it light your candle or sit around your um what are those called? Fire pits. And yeah, it's really, called like candle gazing. I think. Yeah. And really yeah. staring into the fire. There's there's power in fire. There's um, and so when you stare into it, it's really supposed to help activate that pineal gland that we all have and increase our connection with our third eye chakra. So yeah. and my boyfriend always brings up a good point when we are we have like a fire because He's always like so obsessed with fire. Yes, he's a Leo. So that's another thing too. But um, (laughs) also from the primal aspect of fire, like when you're sitting in front of a fire or you're looking at a fire, usually that means, or that would mean that you're probably going to make it through the night. Like you Mm -hmm. have safety, you have security, you have light to protect you, you have protection. So it's also that like primal feeling of safety that you can feel secure in that moment. So that's like another weird thing about um, like fire and bonfires and stuff. Um, the next one is dream work. So mm-hmm. you used to not have dreams. I did right? not. And now, and now you have been having dreams. Bizarrely, yes. But it. I think it also started happening after I got my Reiki master cert. Yeah, it kind of unlocked you. It, yeah, it seems to un- have unlocked. So if you want to do dream work, a way to kind of practice that is just kind of set an intention before you go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And with that intention to sort of see or meet or speak with specifically your spirit guides within your dreams. Yeah. Um, And so it could take some time. And so if that's kind of what your intention is, I would definitely have uh, like a journal beside your bed on like your side table. And when you Mm -hmm. wake up first, because this is how I like when I am having dreams I will remember them for a very short period in the morning and then they're Mm -hmm. gone and I can't get them back so if I wake up in the middle of the night after having a dream and I have my journal there I can write down what my dream was about and then in the morning I can hopefully with a clear mind be able to come back to it and 
say, you know, look at what I need to be looking at and maybe see where my intuition is leading me with that specific yeah. experience. I was just giggling because usually I'll have that same experience and then I'll like message someone like whoever I was just texting or, or I'll message you and be like, oh my gosh, I had this dream. And then I'll explain it. And when I'm explaining it, like it's like such the most random things. And mm -hmm. then when I read it back, I'm like, what in the actual world was going on in my dream? Like what? <laughs> this doesn't make sense at all. Um, okay. So the next one is silencing your mind. So using a meditation, um, undisturbed by other people, just kind of meditating pretty much, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and here's like this, this talks about a really super awesome point. If you have trouble relaxing your body, um, and you have like a lot of pent up energy, mm -hmm. get up and try to expel that a little bit, like jump around. Oh, There's yeah. a whole, um, you know, turn on music, dance. There's a thing that uh, you'll go with Adrian. I don't know if you, most people I assume have heard of her, but she does this thing called knocking on heaven's door and you stand there, uh, sort of in mountain pose with your feet, you know, maybe a little bit wider than shoulder distance apart. And you're standing with your arms down at your sides and you just start rocking your shoulders shaking. back and forth and you're kind of like using your arms and just kind of letting them fly from side to side kind of hitting yourself in the booty with them yeah i can tell you when i am feeling high anxiety when i have a lot of things going on in my mind i will literally stop what i am doing stand wherever i am i don't care where like i could be in walmart and do it but i mean for walmart that's fairly normal but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but so just you know stopping and just knock on heaven's door for a minute get that energy out if you are and then and then go back lay down and try to meditate or silence your mind again and see if that helps at all yeah or doing it post-workout or doing a post-yoga series like different things like that mm -hmm. okay this next one i have never heard of ever. i am so excited about this because i have done this before okay so it's called bibliomancy and so it's just, oh, this is like trending on Instagram. Like, stop what you're doing. Pick up the book next to you and turn to page 30. And that's your message. And it's like, but they say a message about love life. And in the, like, the one I saw was like the title of the chapter, Cold and Lonely. And she was like, are you freaking <laughs> kidding me? Like, this is not a joke. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So go, like, if you have a stack of books, go to that stack of books, close your eyes and kind of just see where intuitively you are led and maybe you just grab a book you open it up you flip to a page and you pick you know a, a point to it and find something in that book that you, it calls out to you on that page um it's just a really kind of a good way to and truthfully i think it's another one of those like what we do with oracle cards or tarot yeah. decks just kind of another way to look at um where we might need a little bit more guidance for that day. Yeah. Or I for think that it'd be kind of cool if you like journaling. That would be a cool way to like introduce a journal prompt, like pick up a random book, open to a certain page, whatever it's, the topic's about, like write a paragraph about it and see what you get. Like, yeah. That's kind of cool. So um, visualization. <laughs> visualize. So visualization visualize. is the next thing. Um, again, you can use this kind of with meditation just yeah. to try to help you. And we have a friend who does uh, light codes, which I always mm -hmm. find that really, really fascinating. She has these, and I don't really like the word downloads, but she has these um, sort of these visions, essentially, of 
light codes and so she makes a whole visualization thing out of them so um i will actually link her page in the notes but plant medicine plant medicine journeying so we kind of talked about this earlier with ayahuasca if that's where you feel called, you can also use um, psilocybins. Um, this isn't a party drug. It's not party drugs. You're not trying. <laughs> Says even marijuana in the right ceremonial setting can open a portal into the other side. Um, truthfully, I think, you know, in terms of marijuana, it relaxes you enough that you can really kind of sink into that intuition. Um, mm-hmm. It also kind of helps you to be more in touch with your body. I've found it very useful in that uh, <laughs> sort of situation where I have used yeah. it in in the Freya type of sense where it has helped me to just kind of loosen up and go with the flow and be good with the moment. And, you know, the, maybe that's a little bit too much information for today, but you're welcome. No, um, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> but it is important, I think, too, um, with working with like, hallucinogenics or psilocybins it you need to definitely be with people that you trust and it's in a safe environment and especially if it's something that's like bigger like ayahuasca or like Mm -hmm. peyote like you need to make sure it's from a good source because you don't want it to be right potentially laced with something you want to make sure your dosing is correct and the same goes with marijuana yeah um because with sacred plant medicine it doesn't always bring you what you want it brings you what you need so there's a lot of like ego death that can be happening if you're having a lot of um, anxiousness or depression, like sometimes it can bring things that are really scary and you can't be out. You can't like get out of that trip like quickly. Mm -hmm. So it can, if you have someone that can lead you and guide you during that, like, uh, like an official ceremony where people are with you the entire time and they're like actual teachers and they can help guide you and help, like, you don't want to be with someone that's also freaking out. And then you start freaking out and then you guys are freaking out together. And then it's just like, you're in a living hell in that moment. Like you can have someone bring you out of that fear and then actually experience what it is yeah and i would definitely say to pay attention to your mindset when you're going into those kind of things because if you're already going in depressed if you're already going in with that anxious mind you're probably not going to have a good experience yeah so bring along a really good mindset if that's where you're going with that but you know i i like what you said sarah about making sure that you have an experienced leader for yeah. those type of situations. Ayahuasca is probably not something that I would feel super comfortable doing. Um, just, you know, for, I, just, just randomly. Yeah. I, I have my medical marijuana card. And so that to me is just, that's about as excited that's enough. That's the, yeah, that's as exciting as I'm going to get. Yeah. Cause one of my friends that I, one of my old coworkers, he was on a guy's trip and they were down in like the Oklahoma area and they bought, uh, it's not peyote, it's something else. It's something similar to peyote. It's a natural growing plant down there. And they bought it from a dude at a gas station. <laughs> and then oh, they got to their hotel no. and they took it. And he was like, it not only lasted, like my trip lasted like eight hours, but he was like, I was messed up. He was like, I was seeing like terrifying things the whole time. Mm. He was like, I don't even know what I took. I don't know what was in like it. Like acid or something? Like, oh my God, what? Acid or something? No, it, no, it was some sort of, it was like peyote, but different. It's like hmm. a Native American type hallucinogenic that okay. they would use. That, that this guy was a Native American or an indigenous person, I think. Mm-hmm. And he 
And they, he, of course, he's going to sell it to like, <laughs> you know, like if it's something you're not going to overdose on, then it's, you're just going to be like messed up. Then right. like, oh, well, like mm-hmm. best of luck to you, young, young man, adult, like yeah. have fun on that, uh, that trip that you're going to have, but yeah. just make sure you know what you're getting and yeah. be safe with it, please. Yeah. And you know, get it from somewhere decent. Yeah. <laughs> not a gas station. Not so. a gas station. <laughs> okay. All right. So one of the later ones, um, I guess there's not really. Okay. So another one is a trance state. Mm-hmm. So, so sort of um, like a hypnotic type of situation. Yeah. And it's uh, it says not the music, not a, not trance music, but I think you could get in a state from listening to like gongs or chanting. Mm-hmm. You could kind of get in that. It needs to be something kind of like I would almost say repetitive, so that mm-hmm. you can kind of get in that state and kind of get into that trance a little bit deeper. Um, Self hypnosis, watching a pendulum. Um, so. I just started EMDR and that's kind of like a, it's a, I'm going to use the buzzer system Mm -hmm. aspect of it. So there's also one where the light goes side to side. Um, But then it talks about staring at a candle gently while doing breath work. So you can also get in in a trance state with breath work. So there's just different ways to do that. And then nature immersion. So some people do like outdoor walks to get in a meditative state while walk, while um, being in nature. Um, and now I just realized I'm saying um a lot, but <laughs> we have a friend, actually Cody Lee, yeah. who was on here and she did a, like a whole immersive experience where she essentially buried herself in dirt and, yeah. you know, her head was out, obviously. Um, but it was definitely one of those situations where she felt and heard and experienced. Maybe we should have her on to talk about that because I think it would be cool. But uh, yeah. She experienced some really cool things in being in that, you know, immersive, natural type of state. Yeah. So it says, what animals keep appearing to you? Do you see any faces in any of the trees? Um, do you have, I feel like it's more of a, do you have a sense of like feeling or longing, you know, like what, what are you feeling while you're out there? And then probably the most common one that people that's the most trendy, I would say, is synchronicities with numbers, mm-hmm. um, names or symbols in your life. So um, it's a.k.a. following the breadcrumbs. But you can look at like magic numbers, angelic numbers, um, abundance numbers. So you can look for those or uh, what are other synchronicities? M- mine, I think, are when I'm listening to something and then it applies to me. Uh, later in the day yeah. or another one like I'm like real mystical with this because I will think of someone's name and then within the hour they will come into my work oh like, okay I'll think of like an old I'll think of like an old customer that I haven't seen for like a year I did it the like two taco nights ago we have a taco night at my work and I was like oh my gosh I haven't seen so-and-so for like probably since last year and then within the hour she walked in that's awesome and then I did it another time and I did it out loud. I was like, oh, yeah, um, I, it's one of our regulars. His name is Barry. And I was like, oh, yeah, I bet Barry will walk in in a second. And within 30 seconds, he walked in and the whole bar just goes, oh, my gosh, it's Barry. You summoned him. You're a witch. Yeah, he came in and then I literally did it again. I was like, oh, it's probably about time for Barry to come in. And then within like five minutes, he walked in and they were like, Sarah, that's weird. And I was like, I'm a magical bitch, man. That's like, right. I'm sorry, but I am. 
I love it. So, yeah. All right. So if you guys have any spirit guides, let us know. Yeah. If you work with anybody or if you've had like, or how you connect with your spirit guides, like that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. um, or if you've had a psychedelic experience, please tell us. Cause we, I love reading about psychedelic experiences. <laughs> so, um, I had shrooms like, one time, but it wasn't super exciting. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of just what it is, but it, yeah. So let us know like what guides you're drawn to. Maybe um, maybe it would be really cool too if you had a transition of like who you used to work with, how that helped you and how you're working with other people now. Like that would be kind of cool too. Yeah. The transition of your growth spiritually and um, why that person helped you at that time and how this new person kind of came into your or how this new like being or entity came into your life. Um, we, we love to hear those. And we can definitely, if you're comfortable, we'll share them on the next episode. So, because uh, I know everybody likes hearing about those um, things. If you feel comfortable enough, you can also share it in the podcast group on Facebook. So it's a private group on Facebook. If you're new, it's called For the Love of Two Hippies podcast. And it's a safe space for us to chat about different aspects of spirituality and growth. And um, it's a safe place for you to share um, some vulnerable things and just make make a little tribe of friends. So. What are other ways that they can connect with us? Uh, okay, so we have an Instagram, which we're going to get better about posting on, I promise. <laughs> Same. For the love of two hippies on Instagram. Uh, we have both of our Facebook groups on Facebook. Uh, if you want to come with us in the For the Love of Two Hippies podcast that's what it's called. Uh, you just answer the questions and we'll let you in. And then we have the public group called Just for the Love of Two Hippies. All of those are the number two. Send us an email for the love of two hippies at gmail.com. Again, the number two. And what else? Is that it? That's it. All right. So with that, until next time. Don't worry. Boo-boo, boo-boo, boo-boo. Be hippie. Bye, guys. Bye.